Welcome to the Mother Earth Heroes Show. We are here together with me, Nikolai, Maximilian, Maximilian, I always say this name, <laughs> and another difficult name, Lubo Mila Jordanova. Could exactly. You, could you say your name? Your last name, is it spelled like that? Jordanova, you Jordanova. said it correct. Oh man, yeah. I'm getting a pro in it. <laughs> so, uh, you are the founder and CEO of Plane A, a Berlin-based startup developing an algorithm which predicts where and how climate change will hit the hardest and a tool that helps businesses calculate, monitor and offset the carbon footprint. How does all of this come together in one company? Well, we've been working for a few years, uh, kind of collecting data, understanding where the problems are. Essentially, Plan A is uh, the house of data. Anything that we do is related to data, related to oceans, forests, wildlife, sustainable living, sustainable energy, waste management, emission levels, economic levels. And the point of collecting all of this data has always been to kind of build the big picture about what are the problems that are causing climate change to exist. And what is the individual climate change agenda on a country level? So that we don't speak in these generalistic terms, we need solar panels, we need to plant trees, we need to like, yes. no, what is happening exactly in Germany? What is happening exactly in Austria? What is happening exactly in Kenya? What policies do they have that work? What have they been doing well? What have they not been doing well? And what kind of action needs to be taken? We have involved businesses in this whole agenda because they are responsible for quite a big part of the emissions on this planet. So for us, it was really important to teach them how to be sustainable and to reduce their CO2 emissions. And why do these businesses work together with you? Uh, we have made it really easy for them to jump on the sustainability topic. We come with a lot of respect to the fact that they don't get it um, and we explain it to them in really simple terms so that they can start going within a month. Uh, as soon as they are onboarded on our platform, we start teaching them on the small things that they can introduce in their company. And so far, the success rate has been that by the third month, a company reduces by 10% their CO2 emissions. So. That's interesting how many companies did this... Uh How many companies did you already work with? That uh, over 100. Uh, and this has been only for the last few months because we launched the uh, offering uh, just a few months ago. Nice. Okay, so that's your B2B uh, business model there. And the others are for, who, for whom do you do that? Who's your target group? In terms of businesses? In terms of collecting the data and then also making it accessible on your website. So, uh, as you exactly correctly said, Plan A is a, has a B2B site, which is this tool for businesses, but we have always been dedicated to the idea that this knowledge has to be shared amongst all society members. So if you go on our platform, it's essentially a climate change encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. You can click on any country, you can click on any uh, problem, and you see solutions for it. You can understand what's happening in, uh, in the UK and what are the solution givers, what are the problems in the UK. So you kind of really quickly grasp what the issues are. The target group for this is really wide. Uh, I think as we, uh, as we agreed earlier on, there has been an issue with regards to how people are misinformed or not necessarily enough informed about the issues. So we just want to make the picture clear for everyone. Um, it kind of, we have, uh, all sorts of people that come on our platform it, there's no age limit, there's no geography limit. 
we have had visitors from every single planet on uh, com- country on this <laughs> planet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. From Mars, every from single, Venus, like <laughs> They want to know what's going on. It's really messy. <laughs> every single country on this planet. So, yeah, and, uh, Mars is on the next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, bef- before we started um, uh, recording, you said what you are doing is you on the one side collecting data and on the other side thinking solutions directly. Like, how much do you believe is it important to stay as well in the problem space when thinking about solutions and how do you measure then the impact of the solutions is it implemented in your in your data collection as well absolutely yeah amazing question so with regards to the process in plan a essentially we have been doing the data crunching for two years now Mm. and from this we came out quite quickly with visibility on the problems And then the next step for us was to identify the actors that address these issues. Uh, This is startups, it's scientists, it's NGOs. And what we have done for them is that we give them an opportunity to get funding uh, from our platform. So the carbon offsetting that businesses do, it doesn't go to only reforestation projects. It goes to green startups, uh, it goes to... uh, scientists that are looking for money for their research but like problem solvers essentially Mm -hmm. and when the money gets to them uh, as part of their terms and conditions with us they have to report back on monthly basis about what's the progress of their project we wanted to make sure that this issue that quite often is mentioned with regards to especially the charity industry was taken care of Uh, so We have made it really clear before they even enter on our platform, we get financial breakdowns from them, we get plans, we get uh, track record, uh, CVs of the people that work in the organization. We interview them and then after they get the money, they have to report back up until the last cent, which is also a commitment we make to the companies that we work with. Nice. And um, talking maybe a little bit about a bigger picture as well like what do you believe before we go really deep into all this analysis and what you are doing what do you believe is not often enough talked about regarding climate change and regarding this whole discussion and what would you like to add to this discussion personally and maybe with your company as well one of the visible results from all the data analysis that we've been doing is that uh the Western world has a big responsibility to play on a lot of the challenges that the rest of the world faces. And uh, the dynamic of the discussion about climate change at the moment does not allow for this to effectively happen. We still discuss issues in uh, blocks uh, and we kind of discuss these issues with regards to uh, only what's happening in Europe and the US. The reality is that there is a big problem with the way we produce, with the way we consume, uh, with the way we communicate issues. It's not only about emissions, it's also about a broken ecosystem. And the data shows it all the time. It doesn't matter if you look at Germany, it doesn't matter if you look at Mozambique. The problems are visible everywhere and they have a domino effect if one problem exists let's say there's deforestation that is legal illegal doesn't really matter there's loss of habitat for the animals species go extinct and then we lose uh, the capacity to use this land for anything else different than uh, it being a desert so what i would add and this is the plan a stands for it is kind of don't think about emissions, think about a broken ecosystem, don't think about the Western world's problems, think about the whole world, because climate change is happening worldwide because of actions everywhere. It's really hard to grasp um, 
to think about it as a as a global problem because when we when we emphasize what the media is showing us then when we think about global problems it's people see the ice bear that is losing its habitat but what you guys do is you actually visualize the whole problem right you you don't seem to make it as abstract as an article just talking about in five years there will be no polar caps anymore no ice there um is that really the purpose do you want people to get on the website and get a holistic view for example in malaysia there are crops uh fields uh, dying due to um droughts and uh floods so is that really the idea to give us a real-time perspective of the causes of global climate change we want to make sure that the abstract level of analysis for climate change is removed and uh, this is done by the fact that we speak on a country level, we speak on a specific problem and solution level. We never speak only about a problem, we always speak about this is the problem, but these are the organizations, these are the researchers, the green startups that are solving this problem. And um, exactly what you're saying is really challenging to get people to want to be part of the solution when you tell someone that oh there's a problem in antarctica do you pack up the bags and go to antarctica maybe not uh you start getting worried maybe you think twice when you go to the supermarket but quite often not uh so we try to make it as practical as possible for people to get involved and for companies to understand their part in the play um, and I think this is only done and it's only possible to have an effect if it's driven by data, by facts, and also giving a portfolio of actions that people can take uh, so that their interests uh, and ambitions are aligned to this as well. Could you give us an example on that, like where you found a problem, you worked on so or you found solutions for it, mapped it out and people really started acting or companies really started acting? So one of the pro projects that we have in Berlin that is now close to being fully funded is an e-waste project. E-waste is one of the biggest problems in Germany with regards to the fact that we do not recycle here e-waste in a proper manner. There's like two or three actors in Berlin. Is it batteries e-waste or what is e-waste? Uh, electronic waste uh, in its definition is any kind of device that is not being used anymore. So this could be uh. a phone, a toaster, a TV uh, and... These yeah, devices, it's, it's really bad, yeah. And these devices actually are really toxic if you mm. leave them standing without being used. And what normally happens, because there's no channels for people to recycle them, uh, they stay in our shelves. And uh, we think, oh, man, one day maybe there will be a value in this, so I can, you know, sell it in an antique, antique uh, online store or something. The reality is that they're toxic for humans and they should not be in your house. Um, and what we are working on now and what this project is, is we recognize this problem and it's really visible for Germany. Uh, and now we're bringing a Dutch organization in Germany that does something that is called e-waste race. Um, they get kids for one month, uh, to kids from different schools to compete against one another on who's going to collect more e-waste. And then this e-waste gets to be recycled. But the results that they've had in the Netherlands are phenomenal, phenomenal. Wow. They managed to get like uh, in the tens of tons of e-waste mm -hmm. just by collecting through kids uh, with the help of kids. Uh, so we're, we are now funding this and uh, with the help of a few businesses. And 
this is really exciting because basically we're going to open a channel for e-waste to be recycled in uh, Berlin and then the next stop would be most likely Munich uh, and some other places in Germany. Nice. It's really exciting because you use the power of Fridays for Future of all the kids demonstrating they finally can take action besides going to demonstrations. It's really, really cool to give them even the next step. Yeah, I think this is the most important thing of this momentum that we see now in terms of people going on the streets. Uh, this is the moment for us to start talking about actions and to mm. be taking these actions. Uh, it's really powerful for us to all gather and see this energy. It was really wonderful to see what happened at the Global Climate Strike two weeks ago. Uh, and this has to be translated into action. This mm -hmm. needs to be now this is your toolkit get out and collect your waste get out and uh you know uh clean up a park with some friends but translate this knowledge that you have that there is a problem into something that is tangible for your society okay so uh, reaching the the end consumer so to speak uh the the b2c model um is also very important for you because you want people to take this data and actually take tangible action then um A question that I have to ask as, as someone who's in online marketing um, himself, um, what are your channels and how do you reach these kids or these people that are now striking? And is it efficient as, as you do it currently? So uh, Plenty has taken a very particular approach when it comes to online communication. We have three channels. Uh, One is our online academy. Uh, this is the place where we disseminate scientific knowledge. We invite experts to speak about the issues. We interview them, we do videos with them, we do educational content. And this has been incredibly successful. We have uh, in the tens of thousands of people on a weekly basis uh, coming there. The second channel that is really important uh, for uh, Plan A is events. Uh, we have had over the last 12 months over 8,000 people at Plan A events and all of the events have the same structure. Problem explained, solution given or solutions given and then a toolkit so that by the time when you leave the event, you know what to do. I'll give an example. Last night we had over 200 people at in this space where we are now um, who uh, invited to listen about microplastics. The mm -hmm. event was called Microplastics Macro Problems. Mm -hmm. We had a scientist, uh, we had two NGOs and one green startup explaining about the way that they're fighting the problem mm -hmm. and the current status quo in terms of uh, not only German Germany on a legal level, but also um, how is it, what's happening worldwide. And then we spoke exactly about the types of products and the types of ingredients of products that you should avoid to make sure that your products don't have um, uh, microplastics in them. The third channel for us is a social media, uh, sorry, social media, social network that we have built. It's kind of a hidden tool where people can chat to each other that is not any of the big social media channels. And the point of making it close is that we can kind of uh, make sure that the quality uh, is there, the content that is being shared is not abusive and Also, people feel safe to speak out about their concerns about climate change. We have a few thousand people there and predominantly from Berlin. Uh, so these are the three channels. It's not the most traditional way. Of course, we have a newsletter. We also use social media, but we've never been focused on getting like the thousands or millions of likes. It always has been 
get the knowledge out there, make it look cool and get people excited. And these are the three channels that are incredibly important for us. Um, I would like to come back to the data you're collecting because I believe with mapping all of these problems, you are w w you're one of the companies who have a really good broad overview about what is happening actually on planet Earth at the moment. And for me, there's always this question, is there a system? Like, is there something like a system which you maybe can identify um, our planet is running on and which causes all of these problems at the moment? Like, is there, because a lot of people on the streets uh, even have this uh, sign right now, system change instead of climate change or something like that related yeah. to it, right? Like, that we have a systemic problem which causes all of that. Do you have this feeling? And when yes, Have you had a, a grasp of the system or can, can you explain it in a way somehow? One of the fundamental problems that we face at the moment is that society has been functioning in a certain way with a certain structure, with certain uh, kind of paths uh, for decades. Mm -hmm. You know, since the Industrial Revolution, we've been all about optimizing, all about producing better, more efficiently, removing potentially sometimes humans from the whole process. And when you have this wished outcome uh, and you have forgotten to calculate the environmental cost that comes alongside of this, you face the problem that climate change is today. This combination and tons and millions of problems in combination that build up climate change. My understanding of this kind of sign when I see it is people's uh, misalignment with the slowness with which not only governments but also companies and all sorts of responsible institutions have been responding and this comes from the fact that these institutions have been working for a very long time in the same way and the problem that they face is that they don't have this sense of urgency because there's no incentivization of them to have a sense of urgency and i'm not even speaking about the money aspect only because uh, okay you work in a certain, um, let's say, institution, big think tank or like a World Bank or something like that, your salary is going to come at the end of the day and it's not aligned to the reduction of CO2. Uh, and the urgency that is coming now from individuals is kind of allowing for uh, companies to understand that their corporate social responsibility is actually something that is going to be the winning factor for them to keep their employees. It's going to be the winning factor for them to keep their consumers. And this is where I think the individual voice matters a lot. Mm -hmm. The system change means basically for uh, this alignment of incentives to be shifted and for us to start calculating the environmental cost within the cost of things that we uh, you know, pay at the moment for things that come incredibly cheap to us. And this is not normal because We buy things that have traveled all across the planet for two euros. And it's okay, you can want this product, it is fine, but then pay the premium for the fact that it has created CO2 emissions because the avocado that came from Mexico actually has been in a container for the last two weeks. So this is the system shift that we need and people are asking for, and this is why it is slow. Um, and. I see it changing with a lot of things happening at the same time, but <laughs> maybe I get into detail when we get to that. It's, it's actually very important, this point. So you say we need some kind of different KPI in our economy that we actually take into consideration that we have an environment. And 
certain products are destroying this environment. So um, one big point uh, that we have to talk about change, tangible change in this system is profitability. So um, you say you're already working with startups and you help them to get more traction, to actually introduce um, their solution to other countries, to other markets. But in terms of profitability, how profitable do you see those sustainable startups? How sustainable are they? Uh, profitable are they really? And how can we change the the narrative? Like, how can we make sustainability profitable? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we have had as a not the most productive uh, preconception about uh, social impact or sustainability startups or any kind of company that provides these kinds of products is that their business is not aligned with profitability because it has an impact uh, or a value system that is embedded into uh, the company from the start. I must disagree with this idea because I think we just need to stop thinking and uh, so understanding that profitability only means evil. Uh, a lot of good companies are out there. Patagonia is one example. Of course, you have companies that uh, within the surfboard uh, and you know skateboard industry who are incredibly profitable and they've had this respect to nature embedded in their values from day one. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're not perfect, obviously. A lot of them have to change still. But what I'm giving them as an example is because um, they are the old school example of uh, how you, when you have an impact uh, as, an, as part of your vision, you can also be a successful company. What, when it comes to social impact, is really challenging, and especially when it comes to sustainability, is really challenging, is to um, give people the confidence that this is how the world works. If you use the right KPIs, if you use the right business models, if you follow the business books, they're there for a reason, like strategies, certain strategies work, marketing works. And if you do it in a non-evil way, uh, you can still capture the attention of consumers because not always sustainable products are more expensive, not always more sustainable products are like the premium. Uh, we just need to start thinking a bit more uh, in a holistic way about companies that are out there. A startup is a startup. and. Uh, it can be successful if they put in place the right um, measurements. How, how is your impression talking to established businesses to get them into that mindset? Um, I must say it was really challenging in the beginning when Planet didn't have any visibility because we obviously had to not only convince them that sustainability is important but also had to build credibility for ourselves. So mm. until we got the few, the first few big names uh, uh, in our portfolio of uh, partners, it was not easy because especially before climate change was becoming such a big media topic, company was not always getting why it had to be part of their agenda and strategy uh, to become sustainable. Now it's a lot easier and there's a few influencing factors for this. First of all, we as a company have become like we've built our own credibility. so. People recognize us, people come from because of word of mouth to us, which is really nice. Um, the second aspect is that uh, a lot of employees have started speaking out, and this is amazing. You know, they go to their management and they say, uh, 
I think we need to have a recycling system. I think we need to have a, a cause that we fight for as part of the vision of the company. And this is quite often the, uh, the way I think companies get to be convinced, uh, employees, and also consumer shifts. B2C companies have started introducing organic products. Even the big, big, big companies uh, have started changing their strategies because of consumer pressure. Uh, so things are happening, um, and they're happening because uh, people that have influence within these companies have, are speaking out. Mm-hmm. You said, um, and I really admire this in this discussion, that it's for you as well so much about positivity and action and um, having the right mindset towards it. Is everything what takes place at the moment in a speed you're happy with or um, or not? And like how, how positivity maybe helps in this whole discussion mm. um, because a lot of people are freaking out at the moment, right? And um, they have, I mean, they have reasons for it, but... How do you believe and why do you, have you chosen this path of saying, all right, it's about positivity, direct action? Like, how did, did, did this came together and was it always like that? It came together from the fact that um, I think freaking out is something that is not productive. I believe in the energy that is gathered at the moment. This proves that the problem is visible and it's big and it has finally made the necessary headlines. But I can see results coming only from an approach that we have used. Um, the only reason why companies work with us, the only reason why so many people come to our events is because we respect the fact that they're just getting into this. And we're like, it's okay, we'll hold your hand and we're going to help you understand the basics. Mm. Sometimes people know a lot, sometimes people don't know a lot. And um, Misconceptions are probably also... Exactly, and then you have with. to, you know, I, I, I've had to explain in my life so many times what, what is climate change, does climate change exist? And I never go and shout to someone about the fact that they maybe don't know that this is a problem because... It's a matter of education, it's a matter of your environment, it's so many influencing factors. With regards to the speed, um, it's never quick enough because the planet has been showing us signs of uh, deteriorating health for a long time and uh, I've been concerned for a long time and we've been doing all that we can within our capacity, you know, the weekly events, the weekly sh like uh, con communication to companies and so on. And we're doing it, I think, quite effectively. Uh, and I'm using all my voice and all my power to, to use this. And mm, the speed would never be quick enough until we actually don't uh, start talking about the real problems because we're still on a societal level at the stage where we're talking about we want climate justice, we want... This is not clear enough. What exactly do you want, you know? Uh, get down to the problems. We want a better recycling system. We want... Because mm -hmm. we have so many so many points on which we can talk about and so many issues that need to be solved. I think we need to start... Uh, the speed is going to increase if everyone starts choosing their fight, their mini fight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the activist that fights for waste management. I'm going to be the activist or NGO that is focused on uh, e-waste. I'm going to be the one that is focused on reforestation or biodiversity preservation. And then we become experts in mini fields, but then altogether we have 200 million projects that put together are going to solve climate change quicker than just saying we need 
climate change to be solved. <laughs> so this is where the speed is going to come from. And I don't think it's there yet, but uh, I hope it will. What do you believe is important to tackle these problems in a small, in, a, in so say small scale, like on, in, in one specific area? Because the feeling what I have, and we heard it in, uh, in an interview from our a friend of ours who was at NTV talking about climate change, that he said, yeah, I would love to tackle the problem, but I don't have the systemic understanding of what is going on about where I can even start. So do you believe there is some groundwork needed before starting uh, to cover problems or you just can go and see how it comes? I'll give you a small example. Uh, my little cousin, she is uh, studying in uh, Sweden and as part of their school project, they had to choose uh, a problem that they wanted to explain in an artistic manner. Mm. And she chose pollution and uh, she won an... Uh, basically, she became part of an exhibition for this uh, as part of the award for being the best project. This is an example of a person that is not yet at the stage, she's just doing first year of university now, not at the stage of being fully educated about how the system works, how, what's politics, what's business, what's environment. She found her way to communicate the fact that she cares about this issue. Um, I understand where your concern of your friend comes from because there's definitely a lot of groundwork that needs to be done but this can be coupled up quite successfully with many actions that can be taken because what I always say to people that come to me with concern that they feel powerless they don't have the capacity to do anything is I say okay tell me what what's your job I'm a designer okay do you want um Do you want me to connect you with like two NGOs that actually need help with the redesign of their logo? Do you want me, um, I'm a video maker. I, okay, share in front of a video camera what's your concern about the problem. But we don't need to become experts in anything. I have, I had no knowledge of climate change when I started Plan A. I come from a finance and business background and I became obsessed with the topic. I started doing courses online, started reading books. And I got myself to a level when I was like, okay, I'm going to start a company about this. And it, I'm not still saying that I'm an, at this point of time an expert on all the topics that we tackle, but anything that I don't know, I educate myself about it or I ask people that know about it. And for the rest of it, I apply myself with all the skills that I have to make sure that the message about climate change is being shared and spread in a positive and action-driven manner. I'm with you that there is always a way and um, the question was more do you believe that before you start it is helpful to have a groundwork of understanding or is it good to just start as your uh, as your what was his cousin right mm -hmm. cousin uh, did just start somewhere and why are you doing that get an understanding that is just a technical question I, I understand okay um, I think it's a, it's a really good question because fundaments make A massive difference you know mm. if you have the background knowledge of an issue you can even intuitively apply yourself to uh, respond to questions that you don't necessarily know how to respond to um, I think it's definitely necessary mm. but my previous answer was more aligned to the idea that yes we do need this and this is also what planning is trying to do with the Academy mm. um, but that doesn't mean that you sit down and wait until this comes to you because we don't have that much time. And uh, if we want to be effective, 
it's kind of okay be the video maker that wants to learn the fundamentals but in the meantime do this video and show what you think about the issue uh, while learning what is pollution how is this connected to human activity which type of pollution is the most uh, um, detrimental and so on let's talk about your academy um, is that something that uh, somebody who's now striking at Fridays for Future or now standing and blocking uh, the streets for Extinction Rebellion, is that something they can go to and actually learn about, like, why am I actually striking? What am I striking for? Like, it's, it's such a complex matter. Yeah. Uh, we have to recognize that. And is the Academy the, the right call to action in this point? Uh, absolutely, and the point of the Academy started exactly with this uh, purpose, to explain to people the fundamentals. There's articles that explain what is carbon emissions, there's articles that explain uh, how is climate change caused by humans, there's like an FAQ about climate change that basically is like, why do people m speak about cow farts and cow burps? What does this relate to uh, the whole topic? And these kinds of questions that if you feel shy about asking someone, you can find the answers there for uh, exactly with the idea that learn the fundamentals and then go out and be the most informed advocate of a climate change uh, fight. Uh, and it's again really positive with always speaking about the problem and also explaining what solutions are out there, what is, for example, at the moment technically being developed, what are the NGOs that are working on the problem, and it always links to further learnings from scientific papers. So nothing on the academy is not backed by science. It's not opinions. Um, the only aspects of opinions are the interviews that we do with experts. So they obviously express their opinions, but all of the articles that you're going to see there are from scientific papers. Mm, and you have the sources and people can dig All of it is there, absolutely. Okay. Then let's dive into the last questions, um, because what we are always curious about is the, the utopia. Like, where, where do you see um, the, the world and where is the role of Plan, plan A in this, in, this, in this utopia? Plan A is the connecting factor. This is what we aim to be. Uh, we work with all sorts of stakeholders. We work with NGOs, scientists, companies, individuals. And the point of this is that we don't think the climate change fight is ever going to be successful uh, and keep humanity on this planet if we don't start talking to the different stakeholders and start using the same language. Um, the point of Plan A is to make science and data accessible and we just want to give a podium uh, to the scientists that have been working on these issues for their whole life. Also, we want to champion the companies that actually are at the forefront and at the moment are not given enough visibility because the dynamic is incredibly negative. Companies are considered to be the only source of uh, negative impact, which is not true. It's also about consumer choices. It's about uh, the way the government speaks about the issues. It's about a lot of stakeholders. So I see as being this kind of glue, uh, this connecting part uh, between all of these stakeholders that makes sure that justice is being brought all across the world, not only in the Western world, uh, for the people that uh, have been working for a long time on saving uh, humanity, because mm -hmm. the planet is going to stay. Uh, we need to know this really well. Um, and yeah, doing this in a way that it empowers people rather than disengage them. So what do you need in order to get to your 
highest version. You probably have a vision to your mind, you think about it and you might get frustrated when you look at the status quo, which is normal as a founder, I guess. Um, but where would you like to see plan A at the end? What's the end vision and what do you need for the now to accelerate? At the moment, what we see as a need, one is kind of maybe more abstract and then I'm going to speak about the practical one. The abstract one is that for Plan A to be its ultimate uh, version, we need to reduce this negativity that is happening at the moment everywhere. I know I've repeated this a lot of times during our discussion, but this is really important. You don't get work done if you shout and it is important to explain that we do not see the speed happening at uh, pace enough quick uh, for uh, the health of the planet to be reinstalled but um, I think in we need to start sitting on different tables and start discussing and this is what we're doing but I do not want planet to be the only actor doing this you know it's yes. all about us working together collaborating uh, as startup scientists NGOs individuals activists But working with these institutions that can be deciding, working with ourselves, because all of us have the capacity to influence, we have networks, we have uh, people that we can be uh, telling a lot about this discussion. And it has to start transforming into something that drives action. This is the first step for me, and this is a crucial one. When it comes to the kind of resources that we need, um, for me, it has been really important to uh, start kind of navigating beyond Germany, uh, the community. Uh, so for all of your listeners that are interested in uh, joining our community, we have a vast one in Germany, but it would be nice to start connecting. We have also a lot of people in the US and in India, uh, but, you know, expanding our reach and hearing about people's problems so that we can help them through funding, we can help them through, uh, you know, visibility if they're doing scientific research that is the one that we all need. Um, And then kind of the, the final step would be this uh, collaborative aspect on the more practical level. I think it's really important that we uh, do a bit of discussions which are result-driven uh, with the different stakeholders. I think there's been a lot of meetings happening uh, over the last months especially. And these meetings are not necessarily resulting in law changes. They're not resulting in companies committing to doing something tomorrow. They're like, oh, in 2050, we do this. We're in mm, 2030, yes. we're going to do this. I think we're now at the stage when we can kind of allow ourselves to even commit to something small. I understand that changes uh, that are necessary are quite drastic. Mm. Uh, but break this down into 200 mini things, and then it becomes the one thing that we all need. Um, so collaboration and uh, connection to a wider network that goes outside of Europe and Germany. Okay, so our listeners could um, reach out to you guys and say, hey, I want to I wanna start something in, let's say, Amsterdam, and um, so you, you can help them then with this. Is something particular here in Berlin or maybe like around a company, do you employ at the moment? Do you have uh, facing challenges where people could send you ideas or something like that? Like, is something around that? So we, have, uh, we are hiring quite a bit at the moment, so anyone that has interest in data analysis, uh, climate science... Uh, Also, uh, finance and sales uh, is really interesting for us. Partnerships, not sales, because we don't do sales. We, thank God, don't need to do sales, because companies come to us. Um, 
And then on the other side, we have something called call for projects. And this is the data-driven approach that we take to explain that we've identified a problem. Um, we are doing call for projects for all around Europe in the next few months. We've already done for the Nordics. We've done for France and then we're releasing the one for Germany in one week. So all of these are basically saying um, we need, uh, for example, the one for France is about uh, air pollution because this is a big problem there. So anyone that is working on this can submit a project and then nice. potentially access funding uh, from companies if their projects gets to be approved. And then the final thing is uh, for people to... Um, Come to our events, you know, uh, last night, for example, out of the 200 people, we had scientists, we had people from NGOs, we had people from uh, different activist groups in Berlin, and it's really nice ground for you to get also hope <laughs> that it's n we're not dying out and you're not alone you know exactly and there's someone doing stuff about it because you know it's uh, there's a lot going on and I think we need to uh, feel empowered by this nice. and Berlin is the best ground to start this. There was one guy at a for forum where I have been, he said, uh, um, sustainability is the blue ocean for entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah. So Max, I'm fulfilled. How about you? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, he's never fulfilled. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't say fulfilled. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's such a complex matter and I would like to maybe off topic or off, off podcast dive more into your your data aspect because i um i certainly give you the, the the kudos for for taking action and actually building the the big data warehouse of climate change um and i would love to know what your status quo is on on that but i guess we we do that off the podcast just in general uh thank you so much for doing that uh, thank you so much for for taking the action and uh, bringing transparency into this discussion and also becoming something like a connector of of entities uh, in this area um i'm only fulfilled when i see the tangible action <laughs> um but uh, that's hard in a conversation so let's let's do that afterwards <laughs> can i can keep on going with the examples of success stories but i uh, thank you uh, enough for the time and opportunity to share what Plan A is about. Uh, it's all the results that we've been uh, achieving are on our website. So if anyone is interested in the tangible side of things, it's also there. Nice. Thank you so much. Cool. The, the last ending question we missed is who are your Mother Earth heroes? Hmm. Uh, Maybe my, one, two, three? My mother? And this might be a cliche or something that maybe you've heard before, but I think it's... Uh, She's been my role model and has installed in me a lot of love for nature uh, and a lot of uh, deep understanding about and appreciation about this ecosystem uh, health that is necessary. Uh, another one that is not one single entity or one single individual is my team. Mm. I have been incredibly lucky since they want to be surrounded by people that are experts in their field and they're incredibly positive and driven and excited and they love doing what they're doing and they're funny and uh, <laughs> I consider this as a blessing and it's something that uh, definitely uh, there's an aspect of serendipity there. Mm. And I guess 
someone who inspired you as well, maybe out there besides your team and mother, where our people can have a look at as well and see like, you know, other entrepreneurs say, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, you know, like they're amazing. Like, do you have some, some role model like that? I'm going to shock you with what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the lemurs. So these the species that uh, in Madagascar, Lima, uh, Lemur, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, they have a fascinating, uh, really complex system in which they uh, exist. They have a really deep hierarchy that considered to be uh, with the most intelligent way of communication after humans. They're phenomenal, like phenomenal. And uh, they are dying out, 98% of them are going extinct and they only exist in Madagascar, they don't exist anywhere else. But I have a lot of appreciation for how they communicate, for how they actually... And they are the example of an ecosystem failing us and they're my constant kind of reference point on why I'm doing this because mm -hmm. you can see domino effects there and uh, I think people should look them up because they're so cool and also so funny you watch videos of them and you're like oh my god <laughs> this does not exist um, so yeah my mom my team and the lemurs <laughs> <laughs> famous last words <laughs> that is great I've never heard something like that <laughs> thank you